Hey everyone, we are back with another episode of Behind the Counter, where today we are quite literally behind the counter. Uh, this is a nice little background here. This is what goes on here at HB Pharmacy every single day. And we have with us John and Sheldon, who are both pharmacists, to talk about a common question that actually literally the other day, I called Sheldon over yep. to talk with a patient about it. We were talking about different sleep remedies and as it relates to sleep, stress, anxiety, you know, are there differences between different stress, anxiety medications? Do they work differently for different people, that kind of stuff? So we thought it'd be a cool topic to talk about as an episode in this season. So let's get into it. What do you guys think? Is there a difference or let's, let's start. What are the major prescription medications that people sure. use? So the, the question that you asked me the other day was uh, regarding a customer that was taking an anti-anxiety medication, right. which can be used for stress, anxiety, and even to help someone sleep. Right. Um, she was concerned about a side effect about her particular prescription. And fortunately, there are a lot of medications that are in the same family that she can try that will have the same effect, but she might not have that same allergic reaction to. Sure. So that was what we were discussing. And um, you know, I think I was able to give her a, a suggestion to bring up to her doctor and try and switch her. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. So what are those typical medications that a doctor would prescribe in these instances and anyway? In her particular situation, what was she it getting? was... It was uh, a medication called Alprazolam, or otherwise known as Xanax, super common, probably the most commonly prescribed medication in this class, which is, the fancy title is benzodiazepine. Right. Um, so that's like the long Big chemical word. name for it. Yeah. Big word. But, but um, essentially anti-anxiety, anti-stress, exactly. Basically. if you want to call it that. Perfect. Um, and those are divvied up into three main categories, which are long-acting, intermediate acting and short acting. Okay. Um, so she was taking Xanax, which is an intermediate acting one. It, it um, usually lasts like six to 12 hours. It doesn't go, you know, all the way the entire day, but it's not a very quick acting one, which is more like three to eight hours. Okay. Um, so since she did have a side effect to that, there's another medication in the intermediate family called clonazepam, which is what I had mentioned to her. Perhaps she wouldn't have a, an allergic reaction to it, but it still may have the same benefits for her. So what are all those in the, you mentioned, what are the, let's list them out just in case people are curious. So the long-term one, sure. intermediate and short-term one. Uh, the most common long-acting one is diazepam, okay. otherwise known as Valium. Um, and then there's a few intermediate ones that are super common. That's Alprazolam, Clonazepam, uh, there's Lorazepam as well. And then there's one that's almost exclusively used for sleeping, which is Temazepam, temazepam is that right? Yeah. Okay. I have a sister yeah. Pam as well, actually, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. And what about the shorter acting ones? Um, and then short, there's really well, only- Lorazepam is pretty short acting. Okay, right? yeah. I guess lorazepam could be somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and think. then um, triazolam as oh, well. Triazolam. But Usually that one we see more for sleep than for anxiety. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. So what's your, what's your take on those just anecdotally? I mean, those are commonly dispensed medication. Some of them are controlled too, right? Or are all those controlled, I think? Almost everything we just talked about is controlled, I would say, mm -hmm. honestly. So, Every single one. Uh, which just means that, uh, you know, you have to be extra careful with it. So, listen, I think that when you're talking about uh, benzodiazepines, I think they have a place in treating anxiety. Um, typically, what I prefer to see when we're talking to practitioners and patients is, um, you have to kind of, if there's a, like a situation going on and somebody's in a, uh, an acute situation where they're very stressed and there's an, uh, uh, something going on, well, good idea to start at Benzo, right? But mm -hmm. uh, So one of those that Sheldon was mentioning, like the Alprazolam or one of the other ones that we mentioned. 
but you also probably should go on a drugs from one of the other classes that we haven't gotten to yet because those drugs typically take a little while to kick in and they're safer long term because I think that everyday regular use of a benzodiazepine can actually end up just complicating and compounding the anxiety problem. For sure. Okay, interesting. So, so what I are mean, some of those other ones that you guys see doctors prescribing frequently that you know you recommend in that sense? Um, there are, there's one medication that is called uh, hydroxyzine, and it was initially used to treat allergies, but then when people took it, they realized that it also was helping them feel more relaxed and oftentimes drowsy. Interesting. So then now it's used for you know that purpose as well so, yeah sometimes we and the brand name on that one i think is visteril but it, it uh um it's actually used now probably more for those types of things either anxiety or even as a sedative sometimes mm -hmm. than it is now for allergies you know so so it's interesting but that, that that works very well we also see um drugs that are people know uh very well like things that increase your level of serotonin things that are Drugs like Prozac, right? Correct. Uh, or fluoxetine is another name for it. Uh, yeah, they're technically in the antidepressant family, but uh, they can help with overall mood, and I would consider stress and anxiety as a subcategory of your overall right. mood. Right, the, the, the categories very much overlap. You know, your, uh, <laughs> stress, the anxiety, depression, um, all these things uh, can overlap. So sometimes you see medications that were prescribed originally for you know some other purpose but you see now that they're having use in in these other various uh sure uh, disease right. states if you would if you yep. will so whereas something you might say is if somebody's in an anxious situation sometimes a medication like a prozac or a sertraline which is zoloft might also be used yep. um uh another uh, medication that's used commonly now is a uh, wellbutrin yep. or bupropion um also very good to help uh, again those are things that are not for an emergent situation like they're an immediate need they, those are the type of things you take and then you know hopefully in three to four weeks you're going to start to see a difference uh, as opposed to the things like the alprazolam which are excellent for if there's a, a situation that you need to have some relief right away that that minute that day you know now that you mentioned it too, you're mentioning some brands and generics. Is there a difference between the brand and generic? That's a question we get here all the time. Is there a difference between the brand and generic? Or I want the brand, not the generic. The generic's not working. The brand works. Something like that. You know, I have to tell you, I feel very comfortable. I think everything is, you know, wh uh, where it's made and where it's sourced. So we, we try to be careful about where we're getting our generics from. Uh, I think that that said and knowing, okay, well, you're, if you're buying the generics carefully and you're making sure that about the manufacturers and, and the source of the country uh, where they're being made, then, you know, I, I'm very comfortable with using generics in, in, as a rule mm -hmm. with maybe some specific exceptions here and there. I might talk to a patient about sticking either with the brand or generic on certain drugs uh, and not flipping back and forth. But for the most part, I have no issue with, uh, I don't know, how do you feel on that? 99% of the time, there will be no difference that you can feel uh, because the active ingredient is identical. It has to be per the FDA. The only ingredients that change are the ones that determine the shape, the size, the color. Sure. So that doesn't actually affect how the medication is working in your body. Okay. So what about, we talked about a lot of different medications that work in different ways. What about on the side effects side of things? What kind of side effects do you know, you guys typically see um, and try to counsel patients on, and also what of those 
side effects, I guess. Now, how does that impact sleep, too? Because sleep is kind of another underlying thing. Stress, anxiety, sleep, like you mentioned, they're all intertwined. Yes. Yep, that's true. How does this impact that as well? Uh, the first thing I think is that's most important to touch upon is that the benzodiazepines, they are controlled because of their potential for abuse and addiction. Sure. So although that may not be considered a true side effect, um, it's no, definitely it's yeah, it's definitely something sure. that should be known, and which is why John was mentioning they're good for a short amount of time, whereas the other ones that are not controlled can be used for a longer duration. Um, so that may be one thing to, to mention sure. as a side effect. Sure. How about on the sleep side of things? Well, I mean, in the sense that they can help you sleep or that they are making you sleepy and that's causing... You both, know, either or, yeah. Yeah, sure. they can actually do both. Yeah, so it depends on which ones you take. And a few sometimes... I, I find that some of the medications, uh, particularly the ones that, are, that we find that increase serotonin, like uh, the, the, we talked about fluoxetine, sertraline or something, things like that, you know, I can have somebody tell me they can't take it at night because it keeps them up all night, but, and then I have some pe people that tell them it knocks them out so they can only take it at night. So I really find that with a lot of these things, you really have to you have to sit down and have a conversation with the patient, um, which mm -hmm. is what we like to do here, and make sure um, that we go back and forth about all their different options because we want to know how they're doing on it, especially if you're starting something new. It may be the right medicine for you, but even just the time of day might be the problem with when you're taking it. So yeah. You know, Keep the doctor in the loop as well, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And everybody's body reacts differently to yeah, each so one of Yeah, so it's interesting that way, but so it's it very true. It can be a case-by-case case sure. scenario. And we're a little bit of a, a weird pharmacy here, too, where we try to encourage people to get off their medication and take less medication as well. So from my experience, and anecdotally, what I've seen, a lot of these medications may knock someone out, but don't necessarily promote a restful sleep and help you kind of recover a good point. through the night as well. So there are obviously mm -hmm. other OTC products that we would recommend as well. CBD, our Gasper's Best Sleep Pair Formula, some of these other things which we'll cover in other episodes. What about some of the other common over-the-counter stuff that people take for these kinds of things in lieu of, you know, controlled drugs or if there, you know, is an issue and they can't get that, yeah. um, you know, the Benadryls, things of that nature. What about those? One that I don't know if it's commonly known, but, you know, c certainly, uh, I think is very worthwhile to consider um, that doesn't have any sedative properties. Uh, what's excellent for anxiety is L-theanine. Um, it's a, you know, an amino acid. It works very well to uh, calm a person. I've used it and, and recommended it to several patients here and they're doing great on it. And, you know, they're in situations where they're, uh, their type of job, um, one of the patients is in law enforcement. They, sure. they need to have something for anxiety, but they don't want to take something like alprazolam or something like that. They mm -hmm. can't be drowsy. They don't want to have that in their system. So uh, something like that, you know, will work very well yeah. um, uh, for, for just to, to help uh, relax you or stress and anxiety. I know also you mentioned Benadryl, right? So Benadryl. Yeah, um, just like we had said, hydroxazine was an anti-allergy medication that helps with sleep. So Benadryl can do the same thing. Um, it Although I feel like Zequil might be another option that would be more suited for sleep. Uh, it's a similar ingredient, but um, you know, it comes in a liquid form and it seems to, to work more effectively, specifically just for sleep. And these are non-habit forming as well. Cool. Right. I think obviously the habit forming is something to consider and you know, yeah. to talk with. I mean, <laughs> a common theme here is there's a lot of differences 
people all metabolize things differently. Mm -hmm. It affects people differently. There may be an inactive ingredient that someone might be allergic to, even some of that kind of stuff, which exactly. is completely like red just another forty is a right, very common exactly. allergy. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I think it's important to obviously work with your doctor, but your pharmacist can be a resource in that sense as well. So mm -hmm. sure. if you guys have any questions, our website is hbpharmacy.com or gaspersbest.com. You can always reach out to us and we can discuss those kind of things. So I think it's, you know, important to have those conversations. Really, ultimately, that's what healthcare is all about. You know, working with patients, working with physicians to, For sure. you know, troubleshoot and see how we can, you know, best help particular based on your particular circumstances. Right. It never hurts to ask that question, whether you're talking to us, the doctor, all three of us together, that triad, we always talk about that, um, the three people working together to make sure that you get the best possible outcome. It's very important. Mm -hmm. Sure. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Sounds Thank good. You. On the next episode of Behind the Counter, we'll discuss if CBD is legit and if it can help you. I heard about it just on TV, magazines, right. on the internet, like all over the place. All over. For the longest time, I was extremely skeptical, not because I was skeptical or because of the, you know, the association with marijuana yeah, and yeah, culture and that kind of stuff. Cool. Like, I can understand the anxiety and relaxing components like that, but then people start talking about CBDF. I mean, that's really the right word for it, the stigma to it and, you know, a way.